Where should the New Orleans Saints trade Sean Payton and who should be the offensive coordinator for the 2023 Saints? Those are topics that are about on every fan's mind, and we're going to talk about them right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook and Birdsall Law Firm, the official injury lawyers of Buku Media. You can give them a call at 504-523-5413. That's 504-523-5413. They're located at 918 Poydras Street, right outside by the Superdome. So there's a lot to get to when it comes to the New Orleans Saints, and yet it's weird that Nothing's really been done yet. It's been something that a lot of us have talked about on Twitter. Uh, some people saying it's complaints, other people saying it's frustration, whatever you may think it is. And it probably checks off just about every box. We'll talk about the offensive coordinator and, and who I think is the number one candidate, or at least should be the Saints number one candidate for this coaching cycle and, and just hiring cycle in general. But before I do that, I want to talk about Sean Payton and where he could end up. And I don't want to, you know, at this point kind of beat a dead horse with, where he could go if he does decide to come back. Obviously, there's always that option that he decides to stay at Fox. No one really wants that to happen. That's kind of the, I'd say, the worst-case scenario because then if you were to trade him, make sure you're not going to get as good of a trade package, obviously, in return. But let's get down to who's in the sweepstakes and what I think would be the best trade for the Saints. So in terms of the sweepstakes, we know who it is, right? The Texans have received permission. The Broncos have already interviewed with him. The Panthers are technically in the mix. The Cardinals are in the mix. So... From looking at it from every point of view, I think the one team that right now is odd to me would kind of be Arizona. You know, they just already hired their GM, so it's not a situation where Sean gets to pick who his GM is going to be. They have a quarterback on a, a torn ACL. They have a lot of aging players. It's a weird spot. I'm not saying it doesn't make a ton of sense for him. If he loves Kyler Murray, that makes sense. But the team that I'm looking at, oddly enough, in terms of could it benefit both sides as the Texans? And you're going to probably be like, did you really just say that? But I actually did, and I mean it. And from the Saints' perspective, let's start off with why it makes sense. You want a first-round pick. I don't think the Cardinals get rid of the third overall pick. I don't know if you trade him within the division to the Panthers. And I don't know if the Broncos are willing to really pull off this move. And if Sean Payton wants to kind of have that marriage with Russell Wilson, because if you pick that Broncos job, you commit to Russell being your starting quarterback. If Sean were to go to the Texans from his point of view, you get a young roster, a lot of cap space, a lot of draft capital, and you're not giving up that number two pick. I know Saints fans want that number two pick, right? I've had so many people talk about whether or not they can envision C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young in a Saints uniform. I don't shoot down their idea because I don't want to be that type of guy, but it just seems so far-fetched because I think the Texans hold on to that. But what the Texans can give up, which would benefit the Saints, they own the number 12 pick, thanks to the Deshaun Watson trade. And the number 12 pick, is it good enough to get Stroud or Bryce Young? No. Is it good enough to maybe move up if there's a prospect you like? Is it good enough to get you in, I don't know, the Will Levis sweepstakes, the Anthony Richardson sweepstakes? It is. So that's part of the benefit there. So the Texans would still have that number two pick. They'd still have the top pick in the second round of this draft. They would have enough capital for Sean to build around with cap space and kind of get his young quarterback on a rookie contract that he can build with. So that would be the pro to him in a weak division. The Saints, the pro is what I just said. You get that number 12 pick. Because if I look around the league, I don't think you get number three from Arizona. Do you want Denver's first-round pick, which is actually San Francisco's first-round pick, which depending on how long this Brock Purdy train keeps going, who knows? Is that the 32nd pick in this year's draft? 
You, you look at the Panthers. I know some people might be afraid of, you know, Sean in the division. If you were to make a trade with Carolina, it's got to be something that makes it worth dealing with Sean Payton twice a year. Other than that, it's hard to see something going down. So I look at all these options right now. It's weird because when Houston first came out, I kind of just brushed it to the side because Sean's preached about being around good ownership, dealing with functionality. And those are two things that you don't think of with Houston, right? Good ownership and being functional. They've fired head coaches in back-to-back years. David Culley, Lovey Smith. That wouldn't be the case with Sean Payton. We know that they want to spend. We know that they have the money to spend. And they have the draft assets. So I think that it's something that it's worth looking at. I'm not saying that's where Sean Payton's going to land. But if you're telling me, ideally, what would be the best scenario for trading Sean Payton, getting good value, but Sean also not absolutely gutting the team that he'd be going to next? Look around. I think it's Houston. And, and we'll see if that happens. It's just something that's been on my mind for the last couple of days. And again, other teams could enter the sweepstakes at any moment, but there's not a lot of jobs out there right now. You looked around a couple of weeks ago. You probably thought there'd be eight openings. There's five at the moment. Chargers isn't going to open up. Cowboys doesn't look like it's going to open up. So I think you kind of look at the options now, and it's either Sean decides this offseason or he waits another year, which would be the worst-case scenario, but would also be on brand for the way this whole situation has played out. So we'll see what happens, but I'm looking at the Texans in terms of best-case scenario for a trade. Number 12 pick for Sean Payton straight up. I say both teams do it. Houston, you get an elite head coach to potentially pair with maybe Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. New Orleans, you get the number 12 pick, which would pretty much be what you gave up to Philly. You get over this whole Sean Payton debacle of, is he coming back? What's going on with him? Is he going to coach again? All that is no longer your problem. And you also try to jumpstart maybe this retooling process because you don't want to rebuild. You want to retool. This would definitely help it out. So that's something that I'm looking at for sure when it comes down to the Sean Payton sweepstakes. Now, Sean Payton sweepstakes doesn't mean much for the 2023 season if the Saints don't get an offensive coordinator who's worth a damn. And we've kind of reached this point at Saints Twitter where it's like some people are preaching patience and getting Dennis Allen, his offensive coordinator, and figuring it out. And that's fine. I don't disagree with that notion at this point. Like, we know DA staying. We know that the Saints want to give it another run. If you're going to do that, though, You better get yourself an offensive coordinator who can run the offense no problem. And we learned this year that's not Pete Carmichael. Whether it's guys just being out of of sorts, whether it's not utilizing your best playmakers to their potential. Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, even Rashid Shaheed early on when he first started uh, being activated on game days. It wasn't really until November, late November, that he came on the scene. So I think we've kind of known now that it's, it's not happening with Pete. Now, the Saints haven't officially announced it yet, and as each day goes by and they don't do it, I start to get a little worried about, do they just run this whole thing back completely? Because if they do, that is where frustration starts to mount. But I think if you're going to sell people on them retooling and winning what I think is going to be an even worse division next year, if that's even possible, you got to get an offensive coordinator in the building that will take command of that unit. Because I give DA the, prop, the props on one thing. His defense, especially at the end of the year, it was humming. It was doing its thing. You know, I think of the final week of the season was kind of a great illustration of the way the season unfolded, right? 40-something passing yards of Sam Darnold, forcing turnovers. You still lose because the offense couldn't do anything uh, at all, whether it was the second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. So who is that guy? Well, before we get to who's that guy, 
I'm just curious why the Saints haven't really been, I would say, I don't want to say reactionary, but just not doing anything at this moment, right? Because when Mickey Loomis doesn't make a move right after the season ends, he tells you, doesn't want emotions to play a factor, doesn't want to be reactionary to all of it. And on one hand, I get it, right? You're dealing with an entire franchise and you're dealing with so many moving parts. So I understand that aspect of it. But I'm looking around the league and this is what I find interesting. Teams that need offensive coordinators right off the bat Five teams that have head coaching openings, right? Because that head coach will probably want his own staff, which means the Cardinals, the Broncos, the Colts, the Texans, and the Panthers are all going to be looking for a new offensive coordinator next year. That's five teams already off the jump. Then you got four teams who didn't fire their head coach, by the way, but fired their offensive coordinator. Jets parted ways with Mike LaFleur. The Titans got rid of uh, their, their offensive coordinator, which... You could have said it could have happened earlier due to his off-field issue, but as soon as the regular season ended, they got rid of him. Commanders getting rid of Scott Turner as soon as the regular season ended. And the Chargers blowing that 27-point lead against the Jaguars three days later, they get rid of Joe Lombardi. So I look around the league, and I see teams making moves, and it's either the Saints have hopefully something under the table ready to go, or they really don't know yet if they want to get rid of Pete Carmichael. And if that is the case, that would be super alarming because I don't think there's anything more you need to evaluate. It's a bad offense. They were bad the entire year. Their best quarter was in the first week of the season off just a masterclass from three players who really didn't do much the rest of the season. Outside of that, it was a bad offense. Seven points against the Panthers in the finale. Zero points against the 49ers. Don't show up against the Buccaneers late in the game when you need to. It's a bad unit. And it was poorly coached, and they didn't execute well. And look, there's drops, there's fumbles, there's interceptions that I don't really put on the coach. Players got to do their jobs too. But they need someone in there that's going to just take complete control and say, DA's got the offense, uh, the defense, I've got the offense, let's get this thing rolling. And I think there's one guy right now that makes more sense than any other candidate, and he hasn't been linked to the Saints. I don't know if the Saints are going to pursue him or even reach out to him, but that guy would be Frank Reich. And I think Frank Reich has gotten a really bad rap at what went down in Indy. But as you watched Indy unfold this season, firing their offensive coordinator who didn't even call plays, then getting rid of, rid of Frank Reich because, shocker, Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger wasn't exactly the great quarterback change that the front office thought it would be. Then what do they do? They bring in Jeff Saturday because that was a smart idea. They make another quarterback change, put in Nick Foles. And as they start to make more moves, and I talk about reaction here before, start to make more rash decisions, you look around, you go, well, is it really Frank Reich's fault? I've seen him work well with Philip Rivers. I've seen him work well with Carson Wentz. I look at him and I look at his resume, whether it's what he's done in Philly, whether it's what he's done with the Chargers, even what he did with the Colts, especially with Philip Rivers and the first season with Andrew Luck. I think he's a really good coach. But more importantly, he's a coach that you know can handle that offensive side of the football. We all had our reservations about Pete because Pete Carmichael didn't even know if he wanted the job. And if you don't believe me, just go find the old reports that Ian Rappaport put out there about the talk about maybe he doesn't want it. Frank Reich can handle that side of the ball, no problem. He is, he's only got one interview for a head coaching position, which I find super odd. And because of that, I kind of think Frank Reich is going to have to settle for an offensive coordinator position, which puts the Saints right in play. Because again, Frank Reich is not just a guy who's going to command the attention of everyone in that room. He's a type of coordinator that really is, in my opinion, a head coach. And even if it's a one-year experiment, Frank Reich it works with the Saints for one year, does really well, and then goes back to being a head coach. 
That means that really benefited the Saints. And if the Saints can have an offense that's at least serviceable paired with Dennis Allen's defense in a terrible division, guess what? We could complain all we want next year. That's probably a playoff team in, like I said, a really, really bad division. And if things go south and DA's not the guy and the Saints decide to go away from him, well, guess who can fill in? Whether it's during the season or maybe even after the season, Frank Reich can do that too. And if you have doubts about Frank Reich and what he's done and whether or not he deserves a second shot at OC or head coach, I think you look at what Doug Peterson's done, a guy who the Saints interviewed, but not fully. It didn't seem like they ever gave him that full, I'd say, attention that he kind of deserved. In Philly, wins a Super Bowl, has a bad season. Everyone writes him off for some weird reason. And now he's got the Jaguars in the divisional round of the playoffs in his first season, a team that was just owning the number one pick a year prior. So I, I think for Frank Reich, he makes all the sense in the world for the Saints. Experienced coach has worked with a plethora of quarterbacks over the last couple of years and just really his whole career. He knows what he's doing on that side of the ball. He can be that kind of second coach for the Saints. And I think they need that desperately. And it would also be a different voice. I don't want to see Joe Lombardi come over. And I don't really know if Joe Brady's ready for that spotlight to go take it on in New Orleans. You don't always have to bring back Sean Payton assistance. Look around. I think Frank Reich would be another guy that can really fit in for New Orleans. Now, he's not the only candidate that will be out there. You know, some people on Twitter have asked me about Nathaniel Hackett because of what he's done with Green Bay. Although, again, that'd be quite fascinating, right? Two coaches who were hired in last year's cycle that probably had, I want to say the two worst because McDaniels would probably be the second worst. And I'd say Hackett is firmly the worst, but that would be an odd pairing DA with Hackett. So I don't know if I'd say that, but Mike LaFleur, who just got removed from the jets, was it his fault? Was it the quarterback room's fault? Well, I personally, I've watched enough jets to kind of say it's a little bit of both. I think that his scheme wasn't perfect, but again, he's a young offensive mind that maybe needs a different shot in a different space with a more mature quarterback room with a better quarterback room. And maybe that's someone that the Saints look at. I think Zach Robinson, the passing game coordinator of the Rams, this isn't the Saints style, especially this continuity front office approach that they're taking. I don't know if getting the passing game coordinator of the Rams, who may or may not be the next bright offensive mind, and it's a gamble that you'd have to take. I don't know if that fits the Saints brand. But if you're asking me, hey, who's a guy that you're looking at at OC? I would tell you, Zach Robinson's a coordinator. Uh, I'd say coordinator candidate that the Saints should consider. Another name, and I think this one actually makes more sense for the Saints in terms of fits the continuity bill, knows DA very well, it fits that brand. Uh, Greg Olson, former Raiders offensive coordinator, was just with the Rams as an offensive analyst this past year. He's got decades of coaching experience. He's the type of co he's the type of candidate where if you hire him, you do know that he'll take care of the offense. You do know that he won't have to get a head coaching job because at this stage in his career, if it was going to happen already, it would have. So you don't have to worry about that. But my concern with Greg Olson would be, are you just trying to run back the old Oakland Raiders staff from the 2013-2014 days? And if that's the case, does that mean DA, DA brings in Derek Carr? And are you running the experiment that you had seven, eight years ago? So th that would kind of open the door for those questions. But again, Greg Olson's someone that they're probably going to look at. I'd imagine, I don't like it, but I'd imagine they look at Joe Lombardi, who just got fired from the Chargers because, again, familiar name, Sean Payton connection. I'm sure that'll be a name, but if you ask me, I had a pick and I was in charge. I'm looking at Frank Reich all the way and I'm offering him whatever he needs. Does he need to be the highest paid OC next year? Go for it. Because again, if the saints are ever going to make it work under DA, they need an offensive minded coach who can handle things 
while D.A. handles the defense. And D.A. is going to need to handle the defense because there's a chance he loses Ryan Nielsen and or Chris Richard in the offseason to full-time non-co-defensive coordinator spots. Because again, defensive coordinators, they had two of them this year. If you lose them, D.A. has got to put more time and resources into that defense, which means you better have an offensive coordinator that can handle that job. I don't think P. Carmichael's fit for it, but I know for a fact that Frank Reich is. And that's where we're going to leave it off here, but I'm very curious to know uh, what you guys think about the offensive coordinator position. Who's kind of your top candidate if the Saints do officially move on from P. Carmichael? And who are you looking at in terms of a potential Sean Payton trade? I know I mentioned it earlier uh, in the show, but that's something that the Saints are going to have to get done if Sean fully commits to a team this offseason. But it's going to be interesting, right? I-, I know the Saints haven't done a lot right now, and I'm putting that generously. They haven't done anything yet, but it'll pick up. And if the Sean Payton deal happens, or if the Saints move on from P. Carmichael, we'll start to see some dominoes come into effect. And then we could maybe, once they figure out the offensive coordinator spot, start talking about who could be the quarterbacks, right? Because, man, I, I want to talk about the potential scenarios for the Saints, whether it's via the draft, whether it's a via trade, um, via free agency. I want to go through all of it and talk about who would fit, who doesn't fit, what works, what doesn't work. But I can't really do that until I know who that offensive coordinator is. And then we could start to see what's worked well in their system, what's really their mold. And then it goes from there. And hopefully that offensive coordinator is Frank Reich. But we'll see how that unfolds. It's going to be a fascinating couple of weeks for the Saints. There's no doubt about it. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this kind of, I don't want to say mini episode. We've talked enough, but not as long as we have in the past. And stay tuned for more content here. And make sure to subscribe to Boo Crew Media's YouTube page. And, you know, whether it's Saints content right now or even Saints content in the future, it's going to be a lot to come. It's going to be an interesting offseason. I know there's a little bit of frustration, but I think if the Saints can get this OC higher right, this is where you start to get the, the team back on the right track and maybe mend some of the issues that you've had this season. So fingers crossed, and I'll be back with more content here on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.